It's your Kali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Now nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! This is What's Up on WLPN LP Lumpen Radio 105.5 FM Chicago. This is Alondra and today's show will be about learning new skills. Each member of our What's Up team dedicated a week to learning a unique skill and we've compiled audio pieces that offer a glimpse into our personal journeys. From discovering new passions to learning more about ourselves, Get ready to be inspired by our experiences. So sit back, tune in, and join us on this exciting adventure. This is The Skill Show. Animation. Some might say it's an incredibly difficult art form. Because it is. But once you look past the daunting skill level needed to make quality animation, it's quite fun. Ah, but who cares about that? Let's jump right into this less of a practical guide and more so of what went through my head the first time I started animating. God, I'm so tired. Oh man. Step one, you're gonna want to open an animation software. Software? Software? <laughs> But if you're insane, you can also do it with traditional supplies. I'll be covering animation software because I don't live in the 80s. Step 2. You're going to want to open your animation software. This should be self-explanatory. Step 3. You're going to want to decide what it is you want to animate. Step 4. Oh, my knee! Oh! Oh, jeez! Why? Why are my kneecaps? Why? Ah. Step 5. Gain inspiration. Can't get inspired? Read a book, watch a show, go outside, touch some grass. I think that's what it's called. The world can inspire you. Still feeling uninspired? <laughs> Sounds like a skill issue. Step 6. After you have gained inspiration, it would be a good idea to plan out your steps. Make a character sheet, do some research, and do what you want to animate. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's your first time. Use it as a learning experience. Hey, who knows? You might even end up liking it. Step 7. Ignore step 6. It f***ing sucks. Just jump right in. Start drawing. Draw! Draw! You want to be animator? Draw! Step 8. Realize you don't know what the hell you are doing, and you probably should have done step 6. Step 9. Do step 6. Step 10. Depending on what you want to animate, a different animation style could be required. More on that later. 
Step 11. The later is now. Learn the difference between straight ahead and post to pose. Straight ahead is animating one frame after another. It's especially great for particles, natural elements, effects, powers, blood splatters, you name it. Pose to pose on the other hand is where you draw the start and end poses first, then fill in the gaps later in the animation. This method is especially great for character animations. Step 12. Just get the animator's bible. It's called the illusion of life and it's pretty good. You can find it on Amazon and oh my god! Why is it 45 bucks? What? Step 13. Take a break. Some good tea. Step 14. Hey, 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 no. Turn the music off. Turn the music off. I said 14. 14. Okay? 14. Not 4. Wait. Ah! Kneecaps again! Oh, why? Why? Step 15. Since you can't get the anime's bible and learn the secrets of the animator of gods, you can always look it up on YouTube. To save you time, I'll specify what it is you need to look up and learn. The 12 principles of animation. These are in no particular order. Here we go. Staging, anticipation, arcs, timing, exaggeration, straight ahead versus pose to pose, solid drawing, follow through and overlap, squash and stretch, secondary actions, appeal, and easy. You got all that? Cool. Step 16. After you understand it, internalize all of that, it's time to begin your first animation. Oh my god, this part of the song is always a bop. Damn. Get, Get on with it already! Start sketching. I repeat. Start sketching. Start sketching what you want to make. Step 17. After the sketch, go over it with another, less rough sketch. Step 18. Erase that sketch because it's god-awful and redo it. Step 19. Polish it with the final sketch. Step 20. Begin the line art. Step 21. Realize you suck at line art and have to look up how to do line art. Idiot. Step 22. You no longer suck at line art. Yippee! Yippee! Step 23. Draw the line art over your sketch. Step 25. Realize you were still on the sketch layer and all that work was for nothing. You're not gonna get me caught lacking this time. Step 26. Redraw the line art on a separate layer. Step 27. Procrastinate. Oh my god, I'm the best! Yeah! We lost that game. Yeah, our mid laner went to 0 and 10. They, um. They got picked out, and then they were able to just push into our Nexus and destroy it. 
God, I hate Lee. Step 28. Come back to animating after procrastinating. Step 29. Cope. Step 30. Get back to animating. Step 31. Once the line art is finished, all you need to do is add some shading, details, effects, and touch-ups. This would also be a time to add colors and backgrounds. But I'm not going to do either. Because it's my animation and you can't make me. Step 32. Export the animation. Step 33. You are done. Congratulations! Did you learn something? Did you learn anything? No? Yes? Well, whatever your answer was, won't impact me at all. On a serious note, what I enjoy about animating is the ability to tell stories in motion. It's a way to capture life through a different lens that would be impossible in real life, and even live action. The process shaped my perspective too. I mean, imagine. The amount of time and effort one has to go through to make even a polished 3 second gif is astronomical. Like, Jesus Christ. It makes me respect the animation industry as a whole even more so than if I had never tried animating. I guess what I'm trying to say is, try it. Even if you hate it, you'll at least understand how difficult and beautiful the art form is. And how one must love this craft so much to create masterpieces for the cinema, screens, TVs, and iPads. But screw AI-generated art. That stuff sucks. On that note, have a good day. Wait, before you go. No regrets! Hi, hello, hey. It's E. Rodriguez back at it again with the they them pronouns. And for this week's skill challenge, I unfortunately hit a massive bump on, bump on the road. Uh, honestly, more like a four car collision in the freeway kind of bump in the road. But I originally was going to learn how to dance, specifically the cumbia, um, just so I could tear it up at the next quinceanera. And I had a whole bit about it. I had like the script already kind of started. I was excited to start on the project but i was hit with like a massive depressive episode um that lasted for like the entire week which it was devastating um i'm doing a lot better now thankfully so and i'm just picking up the pieces of last week and this audio piece is going to be a little bit more laid back than usual and with that being said i challenged myself this week to find the positives in my days and for all my mentally ill folks, you've probably heard something along the lines of this. Hi, girly pop girl boss queen. Um, have you just tried being more positive? Yeah, yeah. Like, how about you just don't think about the negative stuff? Like, leave the negative vibes at the door, you know? Slay. Um, what about meditation? Yoga, even? Have you tried slaying? And if you have Hispanic parents, it goes a little something like this. Ay, no, mija. No has ponte los pilas. Echa las ganas. You get the point. It's, it's irritating to hear. The idea or concept of thinking more positively, it's a cheap temporary attempt at comfort and insufficient at that. But I do want to acknowledge that there is a difference between, you know, the phrase, you think more positively and just acknowledging the positives. There can be good moments and bad days. I, it, it, it sounds like a reach, but it is a skill 
that is very important to, de to, to develop, especially if you don't have a lot of resources, if you don't have a solid support system. Um, developing a mindset where you can at the very least acknowledge positives is important. With that being said, I try to use this project as a chance to, again, challenge myself into like thinking, acknowledging the positives, writing down, journaling down the good moments of the day that are giving me the space to breathe because it, it was honestly survivable at that point. <laughs> and with that being said, let's dive into some of the good moments that I had this week. April 1st, 2023. Despite being in a foul mood, I forced myself to go to an art exhibit at my college. I originally went for the food, but I realized when I walked in that this was a formal event with gross-looking fancy food to match. I was suddenly no longer hungry as I made my way to the exhibit. It felt weird being alone in a room filled with chatter and laughter as people rotated to each piece. It wasn't until the end of the exhibit I took one last look around. From the corner of my eye, I saw someone who also seemed to be alone. His dice earrings dangled as I got the courage to start a conversation the only way I know how. Compliments. I really like your earrings. Thank you. I like your outfit. And just like that, I had successfully started a conversation. Who knew it was this easy? We talked back and forth about pieces for a while. We talked about our favorites, the ones we wish we had money to buy, and the ones that we weren't sure why they were there but respected them nonetheless. I took a closer look at his earrings again and realized that they were clip-ons, but not the usual kind. He unclipped his earrings so I could have a better look. I realized that it was a clip-on earring converter, which for many Mexicans who had their ears pierced before they were barely sentient, they may not know the struggle, but for the cool swag people whose ear piercings got infected and had to lift them close, this was a game changer. Do you want them? He asked. Really? I would hate to take them from you. No, really, I have another pair back at home, he reassured. And just like that, I found myself walking home with two earring clip-on converters, occasionally patting my pocket to check if they were still there. I got home and stared at the tiny gadgets. Wow. April 4th, 2023. I had spent a day spiraling and having an episode. It was late at night and I heard my brother walk in from his shift at work. He immediately turned on the living room TV along with opening his game, Dead by Daylight. Technically my game, since we shared in my account, but that's besides the point. Tired of crying in my room all day, I walked into the dark living room that was only illuminated by a TV. It wasn't long until my brother looked at me and asked me what was wrong. The thing is, is that my brother isn't the greatest person to vent to. He's very much a, I just tell it how it is person, aka he's an ass. Thankfully, I learned to work around it over the years. Do you want to talk about it? He asked. Not really. I kinda just wanna step out of my feelings right now. Good. Just know that I'm here. You better not be crying over some guy. And if I was, and if I was, I wasn't. Not entirely anyway. The comment annoyed me, but I appreciated the sentiment nonetheless. I watched him play as I was still sniffling. I had my car towed, he randomly said. Huh? Yeah, uh, I was pulled over and they realized my license was suspended and they towed my car. Girl, you're so stupid. You're fired. Oh my god. This is what you get. I know. You're not helping. I guess I wasn't exactly comfort material either, but the change in subject had distracted me away from my horrible day. We ended up lounging in the living room until 4am as we ordered wings and watched Love is Blind and made fun of the contestants. 
I don't think they're gonna last. I'm really praying for her downfall right now. Yeah, I don't think so either. Kinda weird. Oh my god, did she really fall asleep? One more episode, one more episode. But yeah, no, those were the main vital points of that week that really pulled me out of some funks. Again, doing a lot better, taking care of myself, um, slaying, if you will. And with that being said, thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone has a lovely day and takes care of themselves. See you next time. Hi everyone, I'm Rue and I use they them pronouns. And my piece is called Runa Simi, the language of the people. It is a story about my personal journey of learning a new language, specifically Quechua. One day as I'm learning, a magical portal opens and through it, an elder steps through, visiting from their time, coming to encourage my pursuit of knowledge. I'm so excited to share this piece with you, and I really hope you enjoy. Think I said that right? I feel like I just keep messing up. I wish I already knew Kichwa. I feel like I never really learned it growing up. You know, like Spanish or English. Now I have to learn it on my own, which kind of feels lonely. I wish I had a friend or teacher to learn with. That would probably help. Hey there. Hello? Hi, it's me, Rue. I mean, you. Well, us. I'm you in the future. What? Where did you even just come from? Was that a portal? Where did it go? Yes, that was a magical portal from the future. It only opens for 10 seconds at a time. And it'll pop back up when it's recharged to go back. Really? If that's all true, well, why would you come here? Well, I heard you struggling to learn Quechua, and I still remember all those feelings of frustration not having a family to learn from, and I wanted to be here to remind you that you're doing your best, and learning Quechua is important work, one of the most important of our life. What do you mean by the most important work? To me, it feels like I'm just learning a new language. Airu, it's not just a language. Well, then what is it? Quechua is more than that. Taking the steps and initiative to learn Quechua is deeper than just learning any new language. For us, learning Quechua is a whole journey, one that reconnects us to ourselves by reviving our ancestral knowledge within, for us and our family. That seems like a big obligation. Honestly, it is. It is a grand responsibility to relearn one's cultural heritage, especially when you were surrounded by elders who could have helped pave the way, but in fact did the opposite. What do you mean by that? Well, while taking the initiative to learn Quechua, is great and really admirable. Let's think back about why you are one of the first in this generation of family members to do so. 
Your elders didn't teach you, right? Hmm. No, actually, they didn't. In fact, growing up, we rarely even talked about being indigenous. When they did talk about indigeneity, it was most often talked about with a negative connotation. I sounds familiar. And it also sounds like our elders have what is called a colonial mentality. What's that? Hmm. Well, it's a form of internalized oppression. This can be seen through the ways that our elders talk negatively about indigeneity, and also in the ways that they disregard Quechua for Spanish or English, when in fact, they're indigenous descendants themselves, specifically Andean. Whoa, that explains a lot. What comes to mind? Well, I'm in my 20s now and barely starting to learn Quechua. And I have to do it all on my own. When I was younger, I didn't even really know what Quechua was until later when I was in high school. And even then, I didn't really have the chance to start learning until now when I'm in college and all on my own. I didn't fully understand the importance of learning Quechua until the past few years, and especially after my great-grandpa passed. I knew he knew Quechua when he was younger, but it didn't pass down, and he mainly spoke Spanish when I was growing up. Now, trying to learn on my own, I think about the mischances of being able to learn more from him and hearing his stories. But I'm grateful for the chance to learn it all, even if it is on my own. I completely understand. And I still do think about those missed opportunities. Quechua is just one part of it. In general, we learned what we could. And now we have to continue to learn on our own. Things like cooking traditional meals or using herbs. Those are skills that are usually shared amongst family. You know, I haven't really thought of it that way. Maybe my elders may have tried to stop using Quechua in order to survive in a colonial society. Speaking mainly Spanish, but they also eventually learned English so they can make it as far as they could for themselves and the family in the United States. But along the road, survival made them internalize fear and shame of their lineage and indigeneity. That mentality, unfortunately, was passed down, which is why it's taken so long for any one of us to relearn and practice Quechua again. I hear you. Something to remember is Quechua is a vast language and every community has their own variations. For example, some words may be said different in varying areas that Quechua is spoken, those being but not limited to Ecuador, Colombia, and Bolivia. Quechua is as unique as the people that speak it, which is why it is called Runasimi, or the people's language. And what some don't know is that Quechua has even helped form words in Spanish and English. Really? I've learned on my own that some words I thought were Spanish are actually Quechua, like Wawa, which means child, or Mishi, which means cat. 
I never really thought twice about it, but now that I do, I realize Kichwa has always found a way to be a part of my world, even if indirectly. But I never would have made the connection that some words come from Kichwa. What are some examples? Well, in English, the word jerky, like beef jerky, has its origin in the word charki, which is a name for a specific kind of dried meat. And another example would be the word condor, coming from kuntur. That's amazing, I had no idea. I know, and I never would have realized if I had not started to learn. Learning more about Quechua and my indigenous heritage makes me feel more connected to my ancestors and the land they lived on. I feel like I'm contributing to the preservation and revitalization of my culture for myself and future generations. It's not just about preserving a language, it's about preserving a way of life and connection to our ancestors. When we learn about our culture and history, we gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and our place in the world. I'm glad you came to talk to me today. Me too. Just remember, learning Quechua requires patience. And most importantly, you're not truly alone in this journey. There are resources and communities out there that can help support you. Do you know of any I can reach out to? I've been looking for Kichwa classes online and I have to dig really deep to find anything. It feels like I have to go to a college like Urbana or UFC just to take a formal class on my own ancestral language. That is a good point. Talking about learning Kichwa may be easier said than done. We have to acknowledge that there's not been as many resources to learn Kichwa as one would have for learning English or Spanish. But some places I would recommend looking are Kichwa Hatari or the Kichwa Collective. They're great resources to connect to others in the diaspora, and they might have classes occasionally. Thank you, these are a great start, and I'm gonna make sure to look them up. I really hope I can find more groups that center trans people in the diaspora too. That's a great idea. And if there isn't one, you can always make it. Thank you for the encouragement, and thank you for visiting. I'm gonna keep practicing, and I'll remember our conversation. I know you will, and I'm so happy I could be here for you. I'm so excited to see all that we do. In the words of the great Cesar Chavez, once you become the greatest Apex Legends player, you don't have to move and conquer another game, like Fortnite. So that's exactly what I did. With me already being the greatest Apex Legends player, I decided to take on another challenge. Well, it's not a challenge per se, it's a little kid's game. Unlike Apex Legends, now that's a real man's game. I decided to conquer Fortnite, Let's and it should Fortnite, be pretty baby. easy, so I downloaded Fortnite, the game baby. and got right into it. So we're on the battle bus right now, I don't know if you guys can hear this. Oh, I'm just jumping. Uh, I jumped and I'm, I don't know where I'm going, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, I just work here, okay, I got a gun, I got a gun, how do I, sh okay, that's how I shoot, reload with R, okay, another one of these bad boys, so, oh no, first kill, first kill, oh no, oh my god, help, help me, I'm popping a med kit, I'm popping a med kit, there's people shooting all around me. Oh my god. I'll go right now. I mean, what am I gonna lose? Nothing. 
After losing my first couple matches, I realized, oh, oh man, God. this is a team-based game like Apex nope. Legends. So in my next match, God. I decided to communicate with my teammates, but under the alias of my homie, Raj. Hello. Hello, can anybody hear me? I'm just trying to talk to my teammates. You know how it is. But since this is an Apex, there's like no communication. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like I found a companion. How you doing, man? <laughs> There's my coat. I'm pretty good, man. How about you, brother from another mother? Uh, it could be better, but you ready to win? <laughs> yes, Let's go! We got a homie in here. Let's go! Uh, where are you guys trying to land? Wow! Yeah! Yeah, let's go! Oh man, I keep switching my voice. Yeah, me! How do I do the Roger? Okay. Let's go, man! <laughs> I can drive a motorcycle? What? I can't do this in Apex. I could drive a motorcycle. I can't. I can't do this in Apex. That's crazy. I'm glad this game sucks compared to Apex. Cobra, cobra guy. They're a chicken. Chicken's mine. Oh, help! Help! Okay, I built for the first time. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't know where they're getting shot from, but... They killed them all nice. <laughs> I didn't do that. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Let them know, man. Let them know. Apex Legends does not have chickens. So I'll give Fortnite that because I do like chickens. They see me, they see me. They see me, they see me. I could not hit a sh- Oh, I heard him. And they know how to snipe too, so they do it for you. Help! 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 Oh, this is my blow dryer. There you go! You- You've been blow drying your hair? <laughs> they caught my boy. <laughs> Use a sniper. Use a sniper. I got. I believe you. Oh, 
Oh man. <laughs> I can't aim with the snipers. That's the problem. You got this, man. Believe in yourself. What are you talking about? I can't hit a shot. Look, he's standing still. He's right there. And I, oh, there we go. Uh, were you for a blow drying your hair? No. I'm all like. She kind of left out my room, so... It happens, man. I blow, I blow dry my hair all the time. After realizing I'm gonna have no success with these random Fortnite players, I decided to call the man himself, the White Stallion, the Fortnite Master, Angel. Yo, Diego, you ready to win, my guy? Alright, so we're gonna be playing build as opposed to zero build. Uh, pretty self-explanatory in this game mode. You can get mats, you can build walls, stairs, what are, structures. What are mats? What are mats? As... mats are resources. So you have three different resources. You have wood, brick, and metal. Uh, wood is the weakest, but also the most common one to find. Uh, brick is the most neutral, and then metal is the hardest one to get. Uh, but it's also the most uh, HP and professionals use it the most. So where are we going? How do I check map? M, okay, M. Okay, where are we going? Yes, you open the map. Uh, you have POIs, different locations. If you want to win, no, the I goal is to go somewhere fun. where a lot of people aren't. If you want to play for fun, you go to where everyone lands. Right. So go to go to Frenzy Field. Okay, I'm trying to go so where the, the, the damage is. The I'm trick is the where... The trick is, is that if you want to win, you go somewhere empty. You want to die, or you want to have a high risk, high reward, you land somewhere busy. Right, and I'm risk, lagging really reward. bad. Someone landing, someone landing. <laughs> what does that mean, bro? Someone right. Two people on me, two people on me, two people on me. Bro, they're shooting me, bro. Where, 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 behind, 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 behind. Where's behind? Behind. Build the Hang wall. Hang on, we gotta, be, we gotta kill his teammate. Where, tell me where. <laughs> over there, over there, over there. Oh, he's... he's right, he's over there. Two people, two people, watch out. Oh! Oh, so good! <laughs> you saw that, scared! You saw that, bro? I saw that, whoa! That was clean, right? I told you, bro, to get this. Oh, Fortnite Joe! More people, where, more where, people. Where, where, where? I don't know, I need to. I get inside, get inside, get inside, get inside. You saw that, bro? You got sad? Two people, two people. Okay. On me, on me, on me. He's coming from behind us. On me, on me. Is that Huntress from. He's over here. He's <laughs> over here. Oh, I'm so good! Oh! <laughs> oh my god! Here, here, here. Bro, I'm, I'm golden. You got him. That guy's a bot most death. <laughs> He's building! He's cranking! Bro, bot, bots build, bro. Find you! Oh, wait, that's no. Shoot him! Bro, I wanted oh, to get him oh. with the knife. Oh, wait, that was, that was a bot that did it. Last person over there? Nah, I don't know what that is. Did we win? Oh. 
Oh, we just won. No, there's one person left. We won. No, there's one person left. They're not gonna kill no, us. No, there's one person. They're not gonna kill us. What if I were to I mean, you know what? I'm gonna die on purpose so you, no, that bro. only you can kill him. Matter of fact, leave it up to me. Trust, I will get him anyway. I mean, okay, yeah. okay, I won't do anything. Let's, once I see them, I, okay, I yeah. leave. Yeah, like, just let them watch. Just watch me. I'll get a kill him with the sword, too. Alright. They're right here. Get him. Thanos! <laughs> oh, what an epic conclusion. What are you doing, Thanos? <laughs> oh, oh, he getting with the sword. Ow! Oh, you see the skills, Thanos. What are you doing, Thanos? With victory royale. So, in conclusion, I conquered a man's game like Apex and then went on to conquer a little kid's game like Fortnite. No, but real talk though, I surprisingly had way more fun than I thought it would, and it's actually a pretty cool game. I just want to shout out Angel for hopping on and helping me with this skill, and thank you guys for listening. This has been Diego, and I'm out of here. You know what I'm talking about. Hello, this is Minute on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. In today's skill show, I'll be covering the topic of nails. You may be asking yourself, why nails out of most things? Well, since I was younger, I've been a fan of press out nails that you could buy at the store. I felt like the prettiest girl with my nails done at 6 years old. Once I got older, I wanted to learn how to do nails. I started doing nails mid-pandemic, but I kind of put it aside since I got bored of it. Now I've come to challenge myself once again. When the pandemic started, I got into watching nail videos. I got super inspired to do them. The YouTuber who got me into doing nails was Long Hair Pretty Nail Show. She makes YouTube videos showing you how to do your own nails including nail art. She made it seem very easy and fun, so I decided why not give it a try? She has now had such an amazing impact in my life so far. Okay, okay, enough about me, let's talk about the history of nails. Did you know that the dental industry had a lot to do with acrylic nails? Well, according to Nail Superstore, artificial nails were well around before doctor dentists had anything to do with them. Acrylics were pretty much discovered by accident. In the 1950s, a dentist named Frederick Slack broke his nail and experimented with chemicals and different materials to create an artificial looking nail to go over his old broken one using dental acrylics. But in the late 70s, Dr. Start Nordstrom invented the professional liquid and powder system used in acrylic. He is also the founder of CND, a brand that is well known. But let's take a step back to the Egyptian times. Nails would symbolize the wealthy from low class. How you may ask? Well, according to Nail Superstore, Egyptian women used really long fake nails, but not have the prettiest manicure. They wore them as a status symbol. Some of the materials that they were made of were bones, ivory, and even gold. They wore them to show that they were wealthy because working class couldn't have long, delicate nails because of their manual labor, but the wealthy could. Jumping forward into present time, let me tell you my experience while learning how to do nails. Let me start by saying I had a rough start because I didn't really get the hang of doing nails since I was self-taught. I had a hard time understanding that patience was key to everything and I didn't have to rush it all at once because I wouldn't want to jump into the sculpting part of the nail even though it was a difficult part for me. But after doing my practice nails and understanding that I had a lot to work on, especially on trying not to make the nail look really thick or too thin, I was confident to start on my natural nail. I started by putting a fake nail tip on my real nail. Then, dehydrating my natural nail by filing it down just a little bit with the nail file. And, adding rubbing alcohol to my natural nail which helps the acrylic stay on longer. Then, I cut the nail tip to my desired
which helped me start the sculpting process of the nail. I had to first dip my brush into monomer, which is a liquid that helps the acrylic get strong. I put my brush into acrylic. Then I had to put it on my natural nail and brush it out to the fake nail tip and blend it out to match the fake nail tip I had on my natural nail. After that, I smoothed out the acrylic nail. It kind of felt like your natural nail, but just a little longer and thicker. But I had to file it down really smooth since I kind of made a little bit of mistakes. So it was kind of bumpy. But last but not least, I painted the nail purple with white flowers and green leaf. And I had to dry it with the UV lamp since I used gel polish. There I had it, a fake acrylic nail. <sighs> and finally, what a relief. I ended up getting the hang of it after all. I did struggle while sculpting the nail and later realized that it wasn't that hard to do. Aside from the cons, I really enjoyed the freedom I had with doing nails because I look at nails as a self-expression. I like the feeling of accomplishment after doing my nails. I would highly recommend this skill to anyone trying to learn a new form of art. Overall, I would like to continue to do this skill. It was fun and it taught me a lot of patience. Let's end off this video with a little ASMR by Ruggiero Nails.
Hi, my name is Johnny, and this is my audio piece about my experience with yoga. Thank you for listening. Before I dive into my experience with yoga, I'd like to provide some interesting facts about it that I found through my research. It has many different effects and simulations that we don't know yet. More importantly, this skill, the history of yoga, can be traced back to ancient India, where it originated over 5,000 years ago. The word yoga comes from Sanskrit root yuj, which means to yoke or unite. It refers to the practice of integrating the body, mind, and spirit to achieve a state of balance and harmony. In terms of mantras, you have to hum different mantras for different chakras. Each chakra has its key to opening and we just have to find it. My reason for picking yoga as my skill is that it has helped me increase my mental fortitude and open my chakras to be more perceptive. I've learned to be very rational and very attentive to detail about people and a lot of things. I'm a much more calm person now. Through yoga, I learned to suppress my emotions when dealing with people and to let them go when I'm alone with too much to think about. As far as my voice, I really just rely on my thoughts to guide me and help me focus and realize when I'm being distracted. Not only has it helped increase my mental fortitude, it also helped me learn patience. And patience is really hard to get and to come by these days, either to understand it or to just even get it reciprocated. And yoga helped me discover where my patient lies and how far I need to to take it. Because sometimes I lose it and I might need to meditate a bit more to restore it to back to where it was. To be honest, this skill is really accessible as long as I'm paying attention or watching demos of instructions. Depending on what it is, I could use a couple examples rather than using words or instructions for recreating poses to get them correct. It would take a minute to learn a new position or a mantra or even just like stretching, to be honest. Mostly cracking my bones and deep deep breathing throughout the process is my secret to everything. Staying loose and focused like an empty void. Almost. Back when I was meditating and trying to clear and open my chakras, I was just messing around looking around on the web. And I one day found this wikiHow that was like very extensive, but like really short in terms of instructions. By extensive, I mean like it was extensive in detail of, of very specific and detailed manners of what to do to open each chakra. Along with, aside from just meditating and humming the mantras. It was very short, considering that it was one for each chakra. Literally, that was it. Just nine little boxes. And I couldn't believe I found that on the web. Because sometimes I like to look on the web for new techniques. People talk about sleeping, lucid dreaming, hypnotism, just different stuff like that. And I only really look to other people's advice when I feel like it's really having a positive effect on them. Honestly, it's because they're taking their own advice and it looks like they're doing better and feeling better. Other than that, other techniques and methods that other people use that are personal to them might throw me off my meditation sometimes because it might not work for me like exactly how it will work for them. It's kind of hard to talk about yoga to people nowadays, even though it still is popular because it's one of the most basic forms of meditation to easily get into. It could be either in the gym world where people be doing yoga to reinforce their calisthenics or in the, the home of anybody looking to relax. Just trying to calm down, de-stress, and yoga can come in different forms. Whether it's from walking to taking a bath to just just relaxing, finding a way to, to 
relax the muscles. That's why there are specific ways to do specific things, such as opening the chakras. You have to do specific forms, specific hand gestures, and specific motions. Kinda. Other than that, you'll be more of just like relying on yourself, kinda, to just go about with these instructions and rather than seeing a demonstration. It's more about perception and belief from that point on than just waiting for it to immediately hit you. As far as that feeling of it hitting you, I was a, I was skeptical at first, but then I started to notice it was going to take some time, and this is why yoga is like an everyday type of thing. I started noticing the difference of how I became towards people, how much reserved I actually was, and instead of just like exerting my personality onto people, I rather kept to myself. Because when I was meditating, I was like, I like this quiet. I like being quiet. I don't like being all in people's face or like my business being all in people's face or people knowing my business. And being in that meditative state, I was able to open up three of my chakras. But to be honest, since then, they've been a bit blocked because I stopped meditating. I also know it's linked with astral projection. So I want to know and get a good feel of how that, that is through yoga to see if there's anything in that field possibly. Eventually, I learned to sit still and ignore the, all of the itching and sweating and anything that's in the range of getting uncomfortable, as well as getting hot, irritated, or tired while focusing, sometimes sleepy as well, but the drowsiness will come from being overheated. As to meditating and being in the cold, you'll eventually learn that being in the cold, it keeps you awake, and taking deep breaths really help you keep your system fresh all that cold air going deep into your lungs is helping you keep a clear mind sometimes if you're hot you might be too distracted or like the thoughts might be swelling up versus if you're cold you'll be like empty-minded and just shivering kind of and just focus on the shivers and it'll be much better the whole point of mentally pulling myself from focusing on my body is to allow myself control and patience over how outside factors directly play into my emotions, such as if it's hot, cold, loud, quiet, irritating my thoughts, calming my thoughts, and that's just all playing in factors of, of my physical distractions of how I should be keeping a clear head. I really have to solidify my resolve. It only work for me if I have a rock solid belief that ignoring all of these uncomfortable things will make me stronger and more patient. And to be honest, it really does. Because eventually I'll be like, you know what? It's actually not that bad. My body will feel like these warm waves of uncomfortableness. But then it'll be just like, it'll pass. Like all of a sudden my temperature will rise and fall. But then ignoring that, focusing on that uncomfortable wave, allows me patience over ignoring the smaller parts. I also have to make sure I'm in the right mood to sit still. Because to be honest, I'm always moving around. Like sometimes my idea of intense yoga would be a nice lengthy walk depending on the weather. I sometimes like to walk up to three hours just like sightseeing, looking at the lake, looking at trees, even just like daydreaming while I walk. So if it takes me to sit still and have to hum to myself to slow my adrenaline down, which is normally the trigger for me to meditate or be active, I'll make sure that I'm good and I'm giving it my all, obviously. Going into it at the beginning of it, I was really skeptical at first. But then I realized that it all depends upon the research that you read about, whether you believe in it or not, or even the influence or patience that it has on people throughout society. If you see other people with, with transformations such as like, oh, wow, I feel much more better, right? After hearing about them meditate, 
or like like just do yoga or even just like go for a walk that's because they had a chance to clear their head or something like that and then i realized that's how i clear my head i have to view it the same type of way and it's all through perception kind of at first i expected to feel something like physically but to be honest the whole thing about it is that you have to mentally clear your head and by clear your head i don't mean of like thoughts of 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 memories of distractions outside physically i mean like you need a you need to focus on that ability to reacting to expectations of it being a physical change. It's supposed to be more of like, okay, let me see where I go mentally beyond just holding this limited reaction. Let me stop reacting and just let go of everything mentally. Let your body become aware of your body physically, but then venture out into your mind metaphysically. Just like explore the depths of it and that's how you literally get through it you don't have to worry about memories you don't have to stop being personal and just step outside of that personal zone and then that's where you'll find like the different things that you're looking for and then you tie it into the physical world where you try things out you try out certain realizations or like conclusions that you came to from thinking about situations even if you do meditate and think about memories and you go back and you try it out with different people or in different situations and you'll be like wow this really is that physical difference because the thing that you're looking for isn't gonna happen immediately it's after you you mentally reflect on everything and then physically act upon that mental reflection This is What's Up on WLPN LP Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM, Chicago. Thank you for joining us. So far, we've listened to some intriguing skills that our friends Jeremiah, E, Maru, Diego, Mere, and John have tried learning. In the second hour, we will be trying not to explode the studio with these next wonderful audio pieces from Ariandi, myself, Sam, Alondra, Angel, and Jasmine. Hope you enjoy! There are things in this world that we will never fully understand. 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 We want answers. 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 I have worked years to build my credibility, my reputation. My reputation. Working alongside the most renowned professionals in the field, catching ground. Ma'am, there's a two hour limit on library computers. Uh uh, there is no way we are letting you back in after today. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. You, you don't understand. You, you have to give me a minute. I was on the verge of some groundbreaking research. Please, just five more minutes, please. Oh, okay. Ma'am, me and this whole library have heard you listen to that animal I have become song nonstop for the past five hours. Now you tell me, what part of doing that is conducting research? You guys just don't get it. I'm an alpha. You're just all sheep. Ma'am, if you don't get out of here, I'm calling the cops. In a year filled with unrest and uncertainty, we're drawn to things that are familiar. To go back and revisit characters that you really enjoyed has a lot of appeal. Even amid a pandemic that has limited travel and social gatherings, the Twilight community has found ways to connect. In the early 2010s, the popularity of vampires and werewolves was at an all-time high due to the release of the critically acclaimed Twilight films, although it wasn't this craze in particular that drew me into the idea of turning into a werewolf. It was in the 6th grade, and I had just gotten The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Nintendo Wii. In this game, we follow the main character, Link, as he attempts to save the Kingdom of Hyrule from being engulfed by a corrupt parallel dimension known as the Twilight Realm. 
As he travels in and out of the Twilight Realm, we see Link transform into his wolf counterpart. And 10, 11 year old me thought that was the coolest thing someone could ever do. I mean, if it were possible in real life. And a lot of people might say it's impossible to turn into a werewolf. But has anyone really sat down and assessed the means needed to accomplish that? According to WikiHow's How to Pretend to be a Werewolf, one of the first steps in becoming a werewolf is convincing yourself you are one. So for my first day, I traveled out into the middle of the forest, on a full moon, to see if anything within me would manifest if I were to howl at the sky when the moon is at its highest. I'ma be honest, I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm in the damn Ryan woods on 95th street right now, trying to get to the highest hill to view the full moon at its peak, but there's only one linear street, road in this woods and I don't see any hills. So, if nothing manifests within me, I'm not blaming it on werewolves not being real, I'm blaming it on the environment I was in. Man, for being in an inner city forest, this place is pretty big. I feel like I've been going in circles. Man, maybe... Whoa, I think there's a clearing over there. Alright, let me check it out. Oh. Okay, this looks like a place where Master Ugwe would figure out the meaning of life or something for sure. So, I think I'm in the right place. How do I even get started? I guess... I'll just take a deep breath, and then if werewolves really exist, or if, if there's a werewolf inside of me, I assume it'll just come out naturally? Alright, alright, let me take a step back. To be honest, I didn't think this was going to work, but the moment I let out my breath and I howled at the top of my lungs, it felt natural, it felt right, and I felt like I was finally turning into the person, or wolf, that I've always wanted to be. After that whole ordeal was over, I went to McDonald's to get me a two-for-four. And maybe it was that two-for-four meal at McDonald's. Or maybe I truly did make a connection with the moon. But what remains certain, this was the first time I felt true serenity. Love, happiness, and peace roamed through my mind. On day two of my ordeal, I caught up with a wolf pack that called themselves the Baby Yagas. They are a relatively new but experienced wolf pack that came out of Yolokali Arts Reach in Little Village, Chicago. They let me into their ranks, and I felt myself one step closer to becoming a full-blown werewolf. Although the pack was a bit hostile at first, Sam and Diego were the first to welcome me into their ranks. Did you guys um turn into werewolves recently, or like, was this like your whole life thing? I'm pretty new at this, which is probably why I'm missing out. So I still got a lot to learn. Sam, like the other wolves I met that day, was a relatively new wolf in the wolf pack. One of their many skills included being a great runner. Their favorite food was mangoes, and their favorite song is She Wolf by Shakira. Yeah, no, I just turned into a werewolf like three, three weeks ago. No shots or nothing, no rabies shots, nothing. <laughs> Diego was an alpha wolf that stands at an astonishing eight feet when they stand on their hind legs. They had wolf hair and an arm sleeve of tattoos. Also important to note, they had rabies. 
There was another wolf that joined us that day, but they shall remain nameless to protect their privacy. That's messed up. No, I do have rabies. One time Angel bit me. <laughs> oh. My bad. It's because me, me and Diego actually uh, turned at the same time, and I couldn't control myself, so I just bit him. Yeah. It was at this moment where the pack decided to introduce me to the cubs of the pack. I felt honored, as this must have been a very vulnerable moment for them, as wolves are known to protect their children. Well, you guys just got one cub, or you guys got multiple? Oh, it's multiple. What? Yeah, how many? Damn. Angel kept pushing it. I was like, stop. Wait, so so how many cubs is there? Seven. Dang, that's a lot. That is a lot. You hear him? You can hear him now, actually. Look, let me hand him the mic. Okay, okay. I know. Okay, I got confused. It's not seven. It's three children. Oh, what happened to the other four? Well, I thought they were that. I guess not. Diego was a little bit hungry. You know, he was too hungry. <gasps> hey, bro, oh you're not supposed to tell him that, man. No. You're I a cannibal. Got my, I haven't got my rabies shots, bro. Why you got to tell him that? That's Damn, horrible. I'm going to kick out the pack. That's actually no, tragic. No, no, bro, please. I need this pack. It's like my AA meetings. I don't know. It's up to the alpha. What do you think? Um, I declare that Diego gets his rabies shot, and we take away the babies. Why well, take can away I the babies? Can I get custody? No, don't give him custody. He doesn't take care of them. Also, I need Diego to pay child support. That's why as well. What's like the famous wolf currency? I forgot. What do we pay each Doge other? Dogecoin. At the end of the conflict, I thank the baby Yagas again for letting me into their ranks. Without them, I feel like I wouldn't have gone into the next step of becoming a werewolf. And even just being amongst them, I feel like I was a werewolf myself without even fully transforming. Maybe one day, I'll join their ranks as a true werewolf. Do you guys have any, like, any any final thoughts? I just, can I do a quick message really quick? Yeah. I want to tell whoever's listening to this, all the vampires, leave us alone. We just want to be friends. There's go no home, need go for home. Any bloodshed. Beware, beware, because I am in the air. <laughs> Whoa. That's a magic spell I learned from a couple of vampires back in the day. Dio, can, can you drop a couple of wolf bars for us? All right, give me a wolf beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the wolf pack. I'll be walking down the street like a wolf. Wow, 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 wow. Was that a vampire I see? Wow, wow, wow. Shakira, Shakira, wanna meet ya, wanna meet ya. Wow, wow, wow. That's all for today. And <laughs> <laughs> Being part of a wolf pack really changed my whole outlook on life. I came into this wolf pack thinking I was going to receive some tips and tricks to further my skills, but I left with friends, memories, and people I am proud to call my family. Taking on this lifestyle not only helped me be more outgoing, but the wolves I met made me feel safe and welcome in this cruel world.
property on this lawn day 30. I think I might be going crazy, but, but maybe I'm not. Just listen to me. Hear me out. I saw that movie recently, Alpha and Omega, and it changed my life. I even watched a Tyler Cruz Dynamite AMV right after about the same movie. Changed my life. I don't know why it didn't hit me to ask those wolves from my wolf pack earlier how they became werewolves, but it doesn't matter. All that's in the past now. I have now found the werewolf serum. All I had to do was make sure I had a 1 to 2 ratio of monster, the energy drink, and rice. Alright. Here goes nothing. Tastes horrible, but not everything in this world comes easy. I think I, I think I feel something awakening in me. Hello everyone, my name is Sam, and the skill that I chose to do was learning a new language in just 5 days. More specifically, I tried learning Korean. The Korean language has rapidly become a popular language that people are learning across the world. According to a CNN article, Korean is the second most studied Asian language on Duolingo, ranking ahead of Chinese, Russian, and Hindi. With the rise of Korean pop culture, or the quote-unquote Korean wave after the 2010s, came a rise in Korean language learners. Not only has pop culture been a factor, but there has been a global demand for this language in business as well. Teachers, translators, and corporate and hospitality careers are being sought out. Learning a new language can be beneficial in many ways. The University of North Georgia listed 25 reasons why you should study a foreign language. It can lead to more job opportunities, it can boost your confidence, it can enhance listening skills and memory, it can open a door to a world of music, art, and film, and most importantly, it can build bridges to meeting new and interesting people. I had this realization back in high school when I had the option of learning Chinese. At first, I was a bit intimidated to learn what is supposedly one of the hardest languages in the world. But after my first year, I came to really enjoy it and decided to do all four years of Chinese. The best part was being able to host someone from China and having the opportunity to learn more about their culture while also applying my language skills. I may not have been perfect, but my effort opened the doors to many opportunities and made me realize things about myself. I personally gained an interest in the Korean language after becoming interested in Korean pop culture. I want to better connect with the music, understand the movies and televisions, and simply understand a beautiful new language and its culture. I also think as a Spanish speaker, Korean seems a bit easier to speak in comparison to Chinese. So because of that, I finally want to give it a try. Learning a new language can be pretty accessible as long as you have a connection to the internet and have a device such as a computer, a phone, or a tablet. There is Duolingo, which is a free language learning app, YouTube has people who teach for free, and there are also podcasts you can listen to anywhere, anytime. You don't need any money unless you pay for extra services or classes. Materials like notebooks or flashcards or anything that help with memorization are optional. Now, let's get into my 5-day journey with learning Korean. 
On my first day, I started with the basics. Alright, so for today, we're just gonna be practicing how to say Korean words and phrases and just kind of getting familiar with speaking Korean and just the whole enunciation of words and things like that. So I'm just gonna be repeating whatever I hear in this video. 안녕하세요. Hello. 안녕하세요. 안녕하세요. 저기요. Excuse me. 저기요. 죄송합니다. I'm sorry. 죄송합니다. 죄송합니다. 만나서 반가워요. Nice to meet you. 만나서 반가워요. I think that one will be easy to remember just because it sounds like manaso in Spanish and I can just imagine meeting someone for the first time and just like which may not be the best thing to remember when you're meeting someone for real. So, yeah. 어떻게 지내세요? How are you? 어떻게 지내세요? 고마워요. Thank you. 고마워요. 저는 소피입니다. I'm Sophie. 저는 Sam입니다. On the second day, I continue to learn more phrases that I think would be helpful, especially in the case of traveling. Alright, second day, let's go! Okay, this video seems informational. Let's see what I can learn. Where am I? Where is this place? 여기가 어디예요? Please take me to Gangnam Station. 강남역으로 가주세요. How much is this? 이거 얼마예요? Where is the restroom? 화장실이 어디예요? Where can I buy a transportation card? 교통카드 어디에서 사요? Where is the subway station? 지하철역 어디에 있어요? Okay, pretty easy for the second day. I'm gonna try and challenge myself for the third day and see how it goes. On the third day, I learned about food. What's up everyone? Third day is down, two more to go. Okay, I want to learn about food and how to order because eating is definitely important anywhere you are. It's like that saying of how food is a good way to connect with people. So, yeah. Alright now, on to the video. For here. I will eat it here. 여기서 먹고 갈게요. To go, please. 포장해주세요. I would like to order. 주문할게요. Can I have a menu? Menu 반전 주세요. Please recommend a dish for us. Menu 추천해 주세요. Can I have a box to go? 남은 것좀싸 주세요. And lastly, 맛있어요, which means it was pretty good. Alright, that was fun. A bit more challenging as expected, but that's good. On the fourth day, I began learning about the weather. Alright, so today I feel inspired to learn about the weather because it has been raining a lot these past few days and you know, the Chicago weather is just so crazy and it's never the same on any day. Anyways, let's go ahead and begin our learning of the day. How's the weather these days? 요즘 날씨 어때요? It's cold. 추워요. It's warm. 따뜻해요. It's hot. 더워요. It's raining. It's snowing. It's windy. It's going to rain. 
Alright then, I feel like I really did some learning today with all these different phrases. Fourth thing down, one more to go. On the fifth and final day, I had quite an immersive experience where I got to go to a K-pop concert. And I guess I got to apply my Korean skills that I've learned across the week. And it was pretty interesting. Thank you guys for making so much good memories and happy memories for me. What a great way to end this 5-day journey of learning a new skill. Practicing every day was pretty fun, and I feel like I developed a sense of understanding for the Korean language than I did before. What met my expectations was being able to quickly pick up on phrases or words that I've heard before. Something that changed my view was how challenging it was to pronounce some phrases when I thought I kinda had the hang of it. I figured it would be easy, but of course, Korean isn't exactly close to Spanish. And with that came some roadblocks. Now, I don't think I'll stop learning Korean or limit myself from learning any other languages. Maybe in the future I can try learning German, Finnish, maybe go back to Chinese, and probably even try American Sign Language. I love learning, and I thank the media and the great teachers of the world for sharing their knowledge. My name is Sam, and thank you so much for listening. Hi everyone, my name is Alondra, and my new skill that I learned this week was meditation and how to live in the moment and just breathe. modern America. The gunman who killed 19 children and two teachers. Right now, new laws school. banning abortion are taking effect in several states. Just hours after the court overturned the landmark the Roe versus Wade decision. He says the report proves the world needs a quantum There is growing in concern action. about a potentially deadly fungus that is spreading across Prices the country. Prices continue just to skyrocket. Any relief... This is so hard. I have so much to do today. I still haven't replied to that email. Damn, when do I need to make my credit card payment? Did I answer her back? Wait, wait. No. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out.
my god, stupid dogs. Please be quiet. peaceful not thinking about anything wait should i be thinking about not thinking about anything <sighs> okay what did the internet say imagine a light starting from the top of my head all the way to my toes feel the way my clothes touch my skin the light slowly engulfing my body starting from my head to my neck slowly to my chest expanding down to my arms like vines growing from my limbs spreading down to my thighs into the ground small vines into the ground breathing in and out small light from my head I really want to check my phone. Oh, I wonder who that was. Okay, no. Breathe in. Breathe out. Living in the moment, in the now. Meditation is the art of doing nothing and it was really hard for me to do nothing. I feel like in today's society, we have so much going on from inflation to pandemics to mass shootings, natural disasters. And so it's not just a personal thing. I think it's just in overall society has become really hard. And one of the things that was an issue for me, even before starting this meditation, skills episode was that i was reaching for my phone constantly and i was kind of numbing myself and everything that happened i was able to go to my phone and scroll for hours and kind of forget everything and not feel so much and that was kind of a way for me to cope and to get through the day and kept kept me going honestly but it was becoming an issue and so when i started meditating i do realize that like oh every time i was trying not to think about anything i 
wanted to reach for my phone and it was really distracting i also just kept thinking about everything that was happening in the world and that was also a distraction and for me i think i'm always overthinking everything and so i was thinking about what i had to do for the week what i had to do for the day the emails i had to respond to everything that i had to do um for my responsibilities and it was really hard but i think as the days went by i kind of had to push myself and i started small you know five minutes and then added an extra minute or two extra minutes and it really did help me i feel like i obviously it wasn't a huge change but it's something that i want to continue with because rarely do i have the moment to just sit there and really stay in tune with my body and listen to its aches and think about all of the emotions and all of the memories that i've kind of shut down in order to keep going and i think as humans we've grown accustomed to always wanting to feel those warm and fuzzy feelings and those negative emotions we kind of shut down but that's where growth comes from so i definitely want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable with myself and i think everyone should really do it it's something that i'm going to continue to do and i think something that i really want to emphasize is that it doesn't have to be like 20 30 minutes of meditation as long as you have a quiet space and you sit in a position that you're comfortable with and you really think about how your body is feeling and check in with yourself i think it's such a helpful thing to do and it's something that everyone should be doing and everyone should embrace especially now in such hectic moments like we need to really just relax and sit with ourselves for five minutes Hey, my name is Jasmine, and the skill I decided to learn this week is applique quilting. For those who might not know what it is, the quiltshow.com defines applique as a needlework technique in which one or more pieces of fabric are attached to a larger background fabric to create a picture or patterns. The fabric can be attached by hand, machine, or fuse. Personally, I will be fusing my fabric together because after some research, I found that to be the easiest method for me. And technically, I actually already know how to quilt, but I never tried applique quilting before. I've made log cabin quilts, kaleidoscope quilts, and simple square quilts, but I've never appliqued. To be honest, I always found it a little intimidating. There could be so many small pieces involved and trying to pick out the perfect fabric to bring an image to life is a whole headache to me. Color theory and color palettes have never been my strong suit, so I've never allowed myself to try applique quilting, but I've watched dozens of videos on topic. I've been to a quilt show where I've seen amazing breathtaking quilts that use applique to bring flowers, nature scenes, and sometimes even people to life on a quilt. It amazes me. Over on YouTube, I've probably watched over 50 videos by Rob Appel. He's basically a celebrity in the quilting world. Look him up, he has a video for everything quilt related. And he specializes in applique quilts. There's a video where he freestyles a landscape quilt and it is brujeria. This man just grabs fabric and creates mountains and trees. Like he's the Bob Ross of quilts. He's over there making purple clouds work and I'm over here messaging my friend about color palettes because I'll be staring at a color wheel crying. Now, bricked outside, I wanted to learn how to do all that. So with my stash of fabric in hand, heat in bond, and a whole lot of patience, I got to work. First, I made a game plan. 
As much as I wanted to, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to grab a square of fabric and create trees and mountains like Rob Appel. For starters, I don't have the right colors for that, and that's not my style. So I decided to make cute anime eyes instead. The shapes would be somewhat simple and the quilt would be a lot smaller than a whole landscape, which means less pressure on me to get it right. Plus, I would end up with a cute wall hanging quilt that would be much more my vibe. On my phone, I drew symmetrical anime eyes, the kind that are big and wide with heart pupils. I wanted a cute anime girl, you know, magic girl aesthetic, something more me. Then I went through my fabric stash to see what I was working with. I also looked at some color palettes online to see what would work well together. And then I soon realized that picking out the colors for my quilt would be the easiest part. Making an applique quilt pattern from scratch was kind of hard, but after nearly an hour and a half of in-depth YouTube videos later, I broke my image into pattern pieces that I thought would work out. Now, please enjoy some fabric cutting ASMR. Now, also please enjoy the sound of me realizing cutting out the outline to the eyes was gonna be a little bit harder than I thought it was. Anime eyes was be simple, I said. It'll be so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy. I can't cut out the outline. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I just have to find my good scissors. I just have to find my good scissors. No, it's not gonna work. Oh, why did I have to do symmetrical eyes? I could have just did an eye patch. <laughs> no, actually, wait, 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 wait. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm a genius who owns a cricket. And is that cheating? That might be cheating, but I don't care because <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I'm getting my cricket. I'm getting my cricket machine. Goodbye. Some people might say me using my Cricut machine is cheating, some might not. Honestly, personal preference. I had a week to do this and I wasn't about to lose my mind trying to cut an outline to some anime eyes I drew. So I did this on craft foam because I had cereal boxes when my mom threw them out and I will be taking the outline the Cricut machine cuts out and transferring that onto a piece of heat and bond, which I'll be then ironing onto a piece of fabric and then cutting it out and then layering them all together, like a kind of weird fabric jigsaw puzzle to make the anime eyes. And while this sound goes on behind my voice right now in the background, I just want to take a second to talk about quilting because some people think, oh, quilting, that's like what 80 year old grandmas do. No, honestly, I wish more young people were into quilting. I went to a quilt store and I was one of five young people there. Like literally I ran into the four other like under 20 or rather under 25 year old people there constantly because we just kind of stuck out in a crowd. And let me just say, that was a weird experience, but I mean, all the little viejitas there were so nice. Like I went to a free crafts table that they had there and we were all just sitting down making felt flowers and I added a little loop to mine to cook it onto my bag and they loved it. It was just, it was good vibes all around, but I really wish I wasn't, you know, like I said before, one of the only five young people there. So if this audio piece inspires you to try take up quilting, please do it. Please do it. Please, so next time I go to a quilt show, I'm not the only 20 something there.
little unrelated, but I just want to point out that the cricket mat makes a rain sound when you wiggle it. Oh no, there's a storm coming. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to making my quote now. I lied. I got distracted again by more fun sounds. Also, this might be a fun sound to hear. It's the sound of me ripping apart the craft foam because the cricket doesn't really go all the way through, or at least the setting I have it on doesn't go all the way through, so I have to rip it apart to get the pieces out. Nice crispy sound. One more quick side note. If I had a Cricut fabric mat, I would have just done it with that, but I mean, I feel like that would be full cheating cheating uh, since I'm trying to do this by hand, but I mean, I'm still gonna have to trace out this until I made onto fabric and cut it, so I'm still doing some work. It counts. It counts. Whatever I need to tell myself to sleep at night. After ironing everything together, I needed to go to my machine and sew around the edges. This kind of secures the fabric in and stops fraying. It was a little tedious around the outline of the eyes, but the major circle and the little hearts were easy peasy lemon squeezy. The hardest part was just seeing if I had thread that matched it, but for the most part I did. I mean, pink is pink. If it shows up on the smaller heart, that's okay with me. After sewing it up and adding some binding, I was finally done with my quote. So let me try to describe this quote for you guys. It's um, around like 10 inches and the anime eyes are blue, pink, and a lighter shade of pink. I absolutely love it. It turned out so much better than I thought it would. Sometimes as a creative, I, you know, I look at a piece of work I finished and I can only ever see every like single little mistake I made. You know, I didn't cut that right or that's misaligned or I should use a different thread color. But I did this because I wanted to try something new and looking at it, I'm proud of what I did. And that's really hard for me to say, but I think I just have to remind myself that while I'm looking at all the little mistakes, if I showed this to someone, else. I showed this to my friend. She's obviously going to hype me up because she's not looking for that. And so why should I be looking for that in my work? It's like, yes, I want to improve on what I do, but I also got to just pat myself on the back, you know, gas myself up. Like, yes, this looks beautiful. This looks cute. This is so cute. And it's going to be hanging right in my room entrance because it is cute as hell. Anyway, I think I want to continue doing this in the future. It was a really fun experience, a little frustrating some parts, but seeing my eyes, you know, cute little anime eyes hanging up by my door, I feel comfortable enough doing it. Maybe I'll do a nature scene. I wasn't too sure before because like I said, it doesn't really match my vibes, but I do have a lot of pictures of flowers from my multiple trips to the Chicago Botanic Gardens. So maybe I'll pick my favorite ones, make it into a collage on my phone and do a simple another wall hanging. I think I do want to continue practicing this and doing this skill in the future, you know? I like to quilt and this is a new thing I could try now. Maybe I can combine it with some of the more traditional um, techniques I know and make a really beautiful quilt. I saw an owl fabric when I was on Reddit one day and it was absolutely breathtaking. It was so cute. Just a bunch of different barn owls in this really bright saturated fabric. And so maybe next time I can take those owls and put them into a nature scene or just do like a fun block quote but with the owls applique over the squares, something like that. I don't know, but now I have the skills to do that if I wanted to. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this piece on applique quilting and my experience learning it. Have a good day.
Bye. There are a few video games that are so recognizable that even someone with the tiniest knowledge of the genre and medium can still recognize the game. Mario Kart, Tetris, Pong, and more are some of the most timeless and beloved games that anyone, from any age, skill, knowledge, etc. can enjoy. All of this information can also be applied to possibly the most famous rhythm game of all time, Dance Dance Revolution. Developed by Japanese game studio Konami, please release Silent Hill 2 remake already, and first released back in 1998, Dance Dance Revolution has cemented itself as not only an incredibly recognizable game, but also one of the most popular media in pop culture. Who knew that moving your feet to four different arrow directions could be so iconic and fun? Although DDR, Dance Dance Revolution for short, is primarily an arcade game because of its giant dance pad, there have been attempts to bring the fun home. With noticeable examples such as Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix for the Nintendo GameCube, and even a controller that uses four buttons, though this somewhat gets rid of the whole point of the gameplay mechanic. Recently, my friend tried to help me out by telling others that I know how to dance and that I'm a pro at DDR, which is a complete fabricated lie since I'm horrible at the game. So, because I've now been challenged to a Dance Dance Revolution battle, I set out on a mission to see what makes the game so fun, and to determine if that I have the skills to master the rhythm. In short, I'm doing this skill because it seems like a lot of fun, I've been challenged to do it, and I want to find a way to finally get over my intense fear of dancing. As stated before, the game was first released in 1998, but didn't enter America until 1999. Ever since then, it has often been cited as one of the most influential and recognizable radio games of all time. No matter where you go, whether it be a different state or even country, there's a chance you'll encounter a DDR machine in an arcade or entertainment place. There's even the official Konami Arcade Championship, which started back in 2011 and included the rhythm game as one of the official competitions. In 2017, they finally allowed players from all over the world to participate, allowing for a worldwide championship to find the best dancer. Needless to say, Dance Dance Revolution is popular all over the world and there's no sign of it ever stopping, even if Konami only makes slot machines now. But at least they're making a new Silent Hill, please by the way, release news about it. Let's get this out of the way. I cannot dance. Ever since an embarrassing moment at a school event, I've rejected dancing at every single event and refused to move my feet. Even something like the cha-cha slide makes my timbers shiver. Not only that, but the game itself varies in accessibility. You need to be extremely active in order to master it, and the game encourages working up a sweat. Not only that, but Dance Dance Revolution machines in the Chicagoland area are in the pretty pricey arcades and aren't easy to come by. It honestly depends on what locations you go to where the investment comes into play. Playing over 4 different sessions with a total of 12 songs with my buddy cost about $25 and it was all done within 30 minutes. Furthermore, definitely make sure to wear some comfortable lightweight shoes if you want to play. Moving your feet around like crazy on a metal surface is going to be a pain if you wear large heavy ones. 
So the core gameplay of Dance Dance Revolution is pretty self-explanatory. On the dance pad slash 4, there are 4 different arrows, up, down, left, and right. And on the screen, different arrows appear and you have to step on the corresponding direction to the beat slash rhythm of the songs. There's original music made for the game, but the more fun ones are the licensed songs from all over pop culture. Honestly, one challenging aspect is just choosing what songs to dance to. There are so many different tracks and you have only 80 seconds to choose one out. During those last 15 to 20 seconds especially, there's a chance adrenaline appears before you even start dancing because you're tasked from choosing from hundreds of different songs in such a short time span. Since I'm relatively new, I decided to go for video game soundtracks as those are the ones I'm familiar with the most. Now the core gameplay sounds simple enough and that's kind of it, that's the magic of it. You see, in DDR it's fun to play but even more fun and exciting to master. There are four different difficulty options which are beginner, light, standard, and heavy. To start off the skill, I initially started at beginner level, but after finding it too easy, I found that light and standard have the perfect combination of fun and challenge. While playing, I was able to set up a pattern by using my left foot for the left and up down arrows, then using my right foot for the right and up arrows. Unfortunately, I did find myself focusing on the screen more rather than my feet, which caused some misses and ending my streak slash combos. Upon further research, I also learned that you don't have to actually put your entire foot on the arrow, uh, even just your toe or a small pivot would do the trick and the game would register it. With this information, I was able to achieve longer combos as I was able to put a fraction of my foot on the sensor as opposed to my entire shoe, allowing me to move way more faster. In DDR machines, aside from the speakers, dance pad, and screen, there's also a railing located in the back. In every competitive video you see of this game, the extreme dancers always grab onto the rail and move so swiftly. Heck, the main plot point of the horrendous movie Kissing Boost 2 involved the characters learning how to play DDR, and by the end, they realize it's because you can hold onto the rail. Sorry to reference that horrible movie. Anyways, I eventually did try to play Megalovania, a song from Undertale, on the hardest difficulty by grabbing onto the rail and failed spectacularly. I can definitely see why experts use the rail as it allows you to move your feet very quickly while also balancing yourself, but heavy difficulty is just so difficult, I guess that's the point, and the amount of reaction time you need is absurd. So I definitely kept it on the lower difficulties and just kind of abandoned the railing so I can learn how to move my feet more. So about an hour and a half later and $70 emptied from my bank account, I think I have learned what it takes to be a skilled dance dance revolution, well, dancer. Uh, I would love to play more and practice new songs, but unfortunately the game is just so dang expensive. It definitely works you out, and because of its physical activity, I highly recommend wearing lightweight workout clothes and not a heavy long sleeve with a holster on like I did, uh, instant regret by the way. But overall I had a lot of fun. Going into this, my goal was to feel comfortable playing the harder songs, and although I still can't beat heavy difficulty. I was able to get into the rhythm of other ones available. Furthermore, I initially believed that the game is all about moving only your feet, and although that's definitely the case for experts and professionals, it's a lot more fun to just let go of the railing and move your entire body. Sure, getting high scores is cool, but I went into this to have fun, and that's what really matters. What did change my view is the price. Goodness golly, I did not expect it to be so expensive, and I highly recommend looking up prices or arcades in the area first because you may go bankrupt just from dancing. But in short, I really enjoyed this experience and I'm really interested in developing it more. 
The best comparison I have is another rhythm game called Beat Saber, which is available in VR systems. I remember trying Expert Plus, the hardest difficulty, for the first time and saying it was impossible. But I kept practicing and playing, and to the point where I now rank high on leaderboards and can't even play any difficulty but Expert Plus. In the future, I hope to repeat this process for Dance Dance Revolution, and get to the point where I feel extremely comfortable playing the hardest difficulties. But in the end, if you have the time, the energy, and the motivation, it doesn't hurt to break a sweat playing Dance Dance Revolution. In fact, if you're really interested in bringing the fun home, you could even get an arcade cabinet yourself. Looking around online, it seems that most modern DDR machines cost around $10,000. However, there are cheaper alternatives. There's games for the PlayStation 2 and Nintendo GameCube that include their own cheap and small dance pad, which would run you about 70 to 80 bucks, but the experience is nowhere near as authentic. Nevertheless, if you still want to try out some fun rhythm-based gameplay, Dance Dance Revolution is the way to go. Training mode is the place for you. Thank you for listening in on our skills show. This marks our last episode of the season, and we thank you again for being with us this spring. We listened to all sorts of people's talents today, like someone trying their hand at <sighs> yoga, learning a new language, or mm. learning how to play Fortnite or Dance Dance Revolution. What the? And some of us learned some artistic practices like learning how to quilt, Ooh. animate, journal, and even how to do nails. Whoa. Last but not least, someone, who shall remain unnamed, even learned how to turn into a werewolf. I hope you all learned a little something today. And don't forget to tune in every Saturday, 12pm on WhatsApp, WLPNLP, Lumpin' Radio 105.5 FM, Chicago. That's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No! Hey, yo, who let her back in? <laughs> and that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard. Heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Period. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of... What the-